0: Sing a There's little so bit, sing real bad for us <laughs> for a little bit, just to see. Oh, okay, I get it. Hello, and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 172, the Fermat's Near Miss episode. This week I am very happy to be starting off a series of episodes featuring the Get Right Band. They'll be talking about their most recent album, Itopia. It's a concept album uh, based around, maybe a theme album? But anyway, based around um, kind of uh, technology, social media, stuff like that. You know, they're going to talk about it. I don't have to tell you all about it right now. The Get Right Band is a psychedelic indie rock power trio from Asheville, North Carolina. They have several albums out all of them uh, just great albums Uh, you might have heard them on the podcast before make sure to go back and listen to those episodes as well they've been written up in huffington post huff post i call it uh, npr relics uh, and they've been mentioned on uh, wtf with mark Marin. and as i mentioned they have an album out now called itopia available at all the streaming services and for purchase you can find them at thegetrightband.com Here is the Get Right Band.
1: It's a great song in the sense that, first of all, it was one of the first songs that Silas wrote for the album, um, which is actually—it's kind of weird because it's black holes and negativities. And it's in three parts. The third part was one of was the first part that he wrote, um, and then it's in three segments, and it kind of is—it's a, a musical theme. You know, we, it's a concept album, so mm-hmm. it the a lot of the musical elements in that song kind of set up some of the musical themes that you'll hear, not only in the three Black hole songs, but also throughout the album itself. So this particular song not only sets up the, pretty much the, the musical themes for the entire album, it also sets the tone for just the actual, con- the theme of the concept of the album, which is kind of, you know, Black Holes and Negativity is one of those things that, we that I guess Silas articulates in that song is, you know, we all talk about going down the rabbit hole where we got sucked in this and that to different websites and all this kind of stuff and social media. And so um, saying no to black holes and negativity is really sets up not only the musical themes, but also the lyrical themes throughout the album. And this kind of starts the arc of the character as they progress down a black hole of negativity.
0: And that is, uh, this is a concept album, as you mentioned, uh, and the concept is, or the theme of it is like, um, social media, online presence, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like, yeah, the internet, the power of technology Mm. and kind of our inability to really comprehend the magnitude of the impacts, both negative and positive. I mean, we've all seen a lot of intense positive, um, Things come about because of the internet and because of technology, but there's a dark side to it that we kind of explore that on this album. Um, so it's, we should celebrate it, but we, we should also issue kind of a cautionary tale that we, we're not ready for this. We're right. not quite at Terminator, Terminator levels of danger right. in our society, but, uh, you know, that's a lot of science fiction movies <laughs> eventually come true. Right, so
0: right.
1: just be warned.
0: Yeah, the technology really has not kept, I mean, since like 19. 19- maybe ninety five or so um, the technology has grown exponentially, but the maturity of humans certainly has not maybe it's going yeah. backwards maybe you know
1: it certainly is I mean you're you're not able to develop as much if you're spending your time interacting with a machine versus another human being, and we are social animals as human beings, so it is really nice to. Just be reminded of that. And that's kind of one of the things that one of the things we try to do on this album is just to remind people that, yeah, if you're only interacting with a certain platform or a certain piece of technology, it, it will rob you of some of your humanity.
2: Always paying bills and dues I can't tell
1: what's real and- Is one of my favorite songs because it's just, it's, um, I just, I love the music of the song. And I love the energy of the song. It's one of the songs that I, when we're playing it, I really, I don't even really think about the the lyrical themes, although it is a great song lyrically. It's just a great song to like let loose to and just like jump around and like kind of just, you know, you get you yell along to it and all this kind of yeah. stuff. So like, I really just love the energy of the song. Um, so that's, that's, those are my, initial feelings of it. Besides, can maybe talk about the uh, the lyrical themes a little bit?
2: Well, I, even beyond the lyrical themes, I just think it, that for me was one of the kind of um, bridges between previous Get Right Band material and the new album because I think the, the choruses um, really have like an old school Get Right Band feel in terms of being pretty straight ahead like anthemic rock and then the verses have a much more Modern production, modern kind of hip hop-y type uh, beat and electronic production. And so uh, figuring through in the process of making the record, figuring out the production on that particular song was one of the keys that I think helped us understand the production for the entire album, which which is cool. As you're making an album, there's always those little keys along the way where you figure one thing out and you go, oh, that's kind of how we'll
1: figure other things out, too.
0: Uh, speaking of that, where was this uh, recorded and produced the album?
1: Well, we did uh, the majority of it in home studios mm-hmm. between between a couple of different houses. But the drums and a few other elements, we did some strings. Those were recorded at Echo Mountain Studios in Asheville with Julian Dreyer, kind of in charge of the recording process there. So, just because drums and strings and these more elaborate recording setups, it's, it is really nice to just utilize the all the capabilities that a studio like Echo Mountain has to offer. And we worked with Julian for many years on many projects. And so going in, getting his expertise, miking the drums in a particular way and doing all that stuff um, is really, it's a great way to kind of set the foundation of the album. And then as we come you know, into our home studios where we're really just working with like one or two inputs, We can get a nice clean signal that way and then tweak things as we will with the production that we want to, any effects or production that we want to add to those sounds later on. And certainly the drums are heavily affected as well. It's just literally the recording of the drums was done at the uh, Echo Mountain Studios. But if you think about this album, the actual recording of the instruments Mm -hmm. i feel like this with many albums is like the like the least amount of time spent on anything it's mostly just sitting you know at the computer and deciding how we want to layer things how we want to shape things and how you know what elements we want to bring in things we want to add even the drums like (laughs) JC. You know, our drummer he he goes back in after we record the drums, and he's going to throw in several different MIDI samples and triggers, like on on different songs. Like he'll hit a snare, and then when that snare triggers, it's going to trigger like several other snare sounds. Mm-hmm. And this is very commonly used in, in music production. But it's just kind of funny that you spend all this time recording and whatnot, but then when you listen back to it, it's you're you're hearing so little of the original sound. But yeah, yeah, we did did modern album like ours. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Whereas this isn't Motown anymore. We're not just one room, one mic done. So, uh, yeah, that's your next
0: album. You'll do a uh,
1: classic 60s
2: Motown hanging down
0: from the ceiling type thing. Yeah. Uh, so how do you, uh, so then, yeah, how do you take these songs and play them live? Uh, is a lot of adaptation to that or, um,
1: well, one one amazing. of the big things that we have done recently is incorporate Charles Clement Lichtenberger. I, he just goes by Chuck Lichtenberger. Um, he, uh, he's a keyboard player. He made it. He's well, when you we used,
0: used all three names, it sounds like a a murderer. Because they're
1: always first. He murders some music. Let me oh, tell you yeah. that. He's, right. he's an amazing musician. And he's Nashville mainstay. He's beloved in the community here in Asheville. Mm. And we've been blessed by having him Really helped reproduce not I mean we we have him play on other songs as well, but he has been instrumental in bringing these songs to life live and really just you know practice many rehearsals, incorporating Chuck on the keys and mm. our drummer j c he has also a drum pad with plenty of uh you know samples and other triggers on there, so yeah, and also there's just a matter of a lot of like relearning and right kind of trying to figure out, like, what what are the most important elements? Like, I know Silas was like, how do I sing and play at the same time? Because recording it, you know, we 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 recorded the songs before we even play them live, which is kind of a, a different method than we've done in previous albums, where we've got a batch of songs, bring them into the studio, record them. Whereas this was like, we recorded the songs, and it was like, oh, wait, how do we actually figure out how to do this live? Right, and right. so the, a lot of it is just troubleshooting, deciding what elements we want to keep, what we can leave, what we need to add on the sampler, what we need to have Chuck play. Yeah. And and it's such a
2: different beast, like uh, live versus studio. And we're not particularly trying to replicate one in the other scenario. I think when we, when we used to go into the studio, we had the goal of replicating the live show, but now over the last, I don't know, five years, six years, it's been more like, how can we treat the studio as its own art form? How can we treat the live show as its own art form? It, those two will involve mostly the same songs, mm. but uh, you know different versions in some cases. And then there are certain songs that don't feel like they apply in both scenarios. Like there are songs we only play live and have never recorded, and, and vice versa.
0: Oh, yeah. So you're not planning on pulling a Beatles and just stop recording and only do studio stuff from now on or anything.
2: I like the comparison to the Beatles, but that's no. not in our oh, okay. specific plan. <laughs> yeah.
0: I noticed there's a couple of guys with cameras following you around for your upcoming get back. Yeah, get the get right band gets back band.
2: Just to top the Beatles, our documentary will be eight hours long.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) it's mostly filler.
0: The whole thing will be live.
2: for me personally, it was the hardest song on the record um, to get right live. I, I don't know exactly why that was one of the first, that was one of the easiest songs to get playing live. Wait, did I say it was hard live? Uh, Anyways, but... I don't know what I said, but what I mean <laughs> is it was extremely hard to find the right recorded version of that. When we started playing it in rehearsal, it worked really well as a trio. It was one of the, least kind of produced in electronic and layered songs. It seemed to really just function nicely as a drum, bass, guitar, vocal trio. And then as happens, sometimes we put that on recording and it just felt like it wasn't capturing the right energy. So we, we really kind of played with that one and went a lot of different directions and played with different effects and played with different layers. And um, the vocals in particular, I tried dozens of different ways and and I honestly was kind of at a point towards towards the end of that process of feeling like we weren't really getting it and Jesse and JC did not feel that way they really liked it and then Mm -hmm. we started working with uh, a um, mixing engineer named Matt Zuttle out of uh, Charleston and he right when he started working on the record he texted and said oh man good luck kid is my favorite song on the whole record so you know that's just how it how it goes sometimes you know it, it felt like a weak point to me but a lot of other people are saying it's a strong point and i, I no longer feel like it's a weak point but yeah I, I always think it's interesting how just absurdly subjective that stuff is
1: this interesting also what goes you said to show about... the power of positivity okay. and that just a few compliments can really go a long way oh, not yeah. just, we're not just talking about this album here we're just talking about people that you see on the street in your day-to-day life mm-hmm. somebody's having a bad day bring them up a little bit
0: yeah yeah absolutely and it makes if it makes their day better then they carry that with them not just in like, reaction. yeah not just like a pay it forward thing but you know that negativity um or even the uh black holes of ne- negativity um but yeah. negativity you know is is infectious just like happiness is so um so you know if you can stop that that's
2: yeah, I think that, it's even more infectious uh, negativity. Yeah. Uh, just with the the negativity bias, I forget the study. There's some study not too long ago that I think said like twelve ha- had people hooked up to fMRI's, and it was something like twelve or seventeen positive comments yeah. carried about the same weight as one negative right. comment in your in your brain.
0: Right, right. So I was interested what you're saying about vocals there, like um, when you're trying to, because you know these vocals sound effortless, and of course they're the <laughs> the ones, the the final ones, of course, so they're gonna sound yeah. sound good, yeah. but yeah, what's uh like what do you listen when you hear a vocal that doesn't sound good what do you what are you listening? For? what sounds bad, you oh vocal? my gosh. sing, sing a little so bit sing real bad right. for us for a little bit, just to see. <laughs> yeah, oh okay, I get it,
2: yeah, um, there's so many things that can make a vocal bad and and a lot of times, I feel like it's um so I mean obviously pitch can be not great and rhythm can be not great and either one of those things particularly rhythm is really subjective you know it can be on rhythm and feel rushed and you actually need to lean back a little behind the beat or if you're on rhythm it feels kind of like you're dragging and you want certain phrases to actually kind of stick ahead of the beat to to drive that energy Hmm. Um, and then sometimes a lot of times it, it more I think has to do with emotion and where you're at when you're singing it um, and if you can get into the right head place to capture the emotions that the song is about, as opposed to just execute a correct vocal take, and then like Jesse was saying, with with all the layers, you know, our, we we do a lot with the vocals in terms of um, effects and processing and layering. So sometimes you really want a stripped down raw vocal, like in our song "Climbing Out of the Hole." And then sometimes in something like Good Luck, Kid, for the verses, there's stacks and stacks of unison vocals. There's maybe, I, I, I'm not sure, I might be singing it eight, ten times, um, all in unison, not even with harmony. And that just gave it this like big, beefy yeah. feel that it seemed like that song needed.
0: More from the Get Right Band in just a few moments. I want to remind you that you can find them at thegetrightband.com and also just search Get Right Band. At all of the streaming sites and places that you buy music, especially places that you buy music. I'm realizing just now that I did not actually introduce the individuals appearing from the Get Right Band on the podcast this week. First, there's guitarist, singer, and songwriter Silas DeRocher and bassist Jesse Gentry. And they started playing music together in middle school 25 years ago. It's a long time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search WNC Original Music or go to wncoriginalmusic.com or just tell your smart speaker to play WNC Original Music.
2: This is Andrew Felston and you're listening to Western North Carolina Original Music. The whole wide world fits in my hand. The- Trying, finding new light, feeling the void. It pulls at.
1: This is the anthem. I love the song. It's yeah. just—it's got everything. It's—I remember when Silas first sent us this song, and we were kind of—it's it, it, funny because Silas just kind of sends us like the—the the chords and the and the lyrics, and we're like, "Yeah, this is good. This is good." JC and I—we're we're all just individual. Like this is during like the the shutdown during COVID, mm-hmm. and I'm like playing along to him, like, "Yeah, whatever. This is this is great." And we get together finally, and we and we go for it, and not even really talking about anything we just start playing it and jc and i had kind of the same idea for like the beat and the rhythm that yeah. silas was like i was not expecting that at all
2: yeah.
1: and and so then the, the song kind of just developed this kind of cool like rhythm and beat and then we just kind of developed on top of that like like we we're kind of talking about none of these songs were were played live first so we had we, we kind of decided as we were going along how they were going to progress and we decided to kind of get a little bit more of like an 80s vibe with like some synths and like you know that's what I, know, have. Like look, some, I have look I have I
0: don't know if you can see it 80s synth pop alright yeah, yeah um, exactly so that, that
1: was very intentional going into it and just there's so many layers to this album and so many different themes that kind of run through it and it is it's just refreshing to to have this project done and to look back on on the recording process especially a song like that where it's like you're going back in time or you're using modern technology to go back in time to emulate sounds yeah. that we can do better now. And it's talking about issues that are so, it's like universal through time. If you really, if you just take the surface level of the lyrics, it, you don't, you don't necessarily associate it with refreshing a screen, mm-hmm. but you know, in the context of the album you know it's about this like love affair with you know the internet and social media and this kind of stuff so it's just very it's it's layered musically and it's it's very layered thematically and set to the backdrop of just this really cool beat and these kind of like vintage sounds that we try to bring more into the modern age um silas anything to add there
2: I think it's my favorite song on the record. I think it might be my favorite song we've ever made. I I don't I can't even really put my finger on why except, you know, you you hear so many people say they try to make the music or make the film or paint the painting or whatever that they would want to hear or watch or see and I think that is generally a goal to make the kind of music that we would want to listen to, but sometimes through the process of collaborating and, um, you know, wanting diversity in an album, uh, the songs can, you know, move closer or further from just like my own personal taste. And this one, I think just really this one, and then the the song that follows it on the record, Itopia just really hit, right in my personal taste zone. And so I I feel really, I'm, I'm proud to have made something that I would want to listen to. Yeah, it's just very, like, psychedelic and dreamy and um, all kinds of little noise candy sparkling around in your ears. It's the title track. Uh, It's a little bit of a turning point lyrically or or conceptually with the concept album. And, um, yeah, that was another one where it started with just some very simple things. And then kind of in the studio, we really put it together. Jesse and JC brought these really cool grooves Uh, to it that that then we started sort of writing around that
1: yeah this song for me is like when you talk about like internet addiction or whatever this is like when when you're getting like the most dopamine in your system at at Mm -hmm. this point in the song like the hell yes refresh is when you're like realizing that you're getting this massive pleasure from the from your internet addiction and then like it goes right into utopia where you're just like feeling great and that's before things get horrible for
2: you right, <laughs> before right.
1: you, know, you go to a dark place <laughs> which whenever you flood your brain with so much dopamine you're eventually yeah. gonna you know it's gonna it's not gonna be great afterwards so it's it to me it represents like that that very pleasurable time where you're you just you feel really good and this song really in my opinion captures that kind of feeling as you would describe an addict would have when they are getting their their hit
0: It had a video game soundtrack feeling to it as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, There's a lot of, we we kind of borrowed that idea from um, Pink Floyd's song, Money, the way it starts out with the different cash register sounds. And then they sort of form into a groove. And so our song sort of starts out with those different like cell phone dings or video game dings, little modern sounds that eventually fall into a, a groove pattern.
0: Other than WNC original music, of course, what are some of your other uh, some favorite podcasts that you recommend to people?
2: I exclusively listen to WNC original.
0: That music. is the correct answer.
2: Are are there other podcasts being made? Um,
0: I mean, I've heard of some. They're like all ripoffs of this one, you know, like E <laughs> and Eastern North Carolina original music podcast. You know, uh, Upper <laughs> that, does, that Upper really Western <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That sort of thing uh, that's a good one yeah um, I I have only two podcasts that I keep up with regularly and that is armchair expert and oh, yeah. Smartless and I don't miss an episode of either one
1: all right yeah I love this I time. listen to one podcast pretty much exclusively which is the Huberman lab podcast which now is the, the most listened to podcast on the podcast app aside from true crime podcast but I was there before that was cool
2: really you learned about
1: it you
2: learned about it from us from listening arm, to
1: Armchair Expert. Armchair oh yeah. wow. he was a guest on that show. Oh, okay. But that, it's an amazing. It's a science-based show. Yeah. But a, other, he, this is the podcast. So that's the only one I never missed an episode of. Right, right. He's a
2: neuroscientist that uh, you know breaks down a lot of interesting subject matter, like sleep and physical health. And oh
0: yeah, health. Heard, I heard him on uh, Armchair Expert. I have to okay. listen to that. I'm sure they mentioned that he had a podcast out there. just wasn't paying attention close enough.
2: It's very, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty heady. It's pretty like intellectual stuff.
0: Okay. Big thanks to Jesse and Silas from the Get Right Band for being on the podcast. Uh, once again, don't forget to listen to their new album, Itopia, which you just heard some selections from. It's available streaming and for purchase, um, should have two more episodes from this interview coming out pretty soon Uh, i'm not going to delay it for years like i do sometimes not even exaggerating go to thegetrightband.com for all kinds of information links to their music uh, merchandise uh, information about the band especially uh, live shows coming up Uh, they've got some live shows coming up uh, which you can find there and also on their social media posts don't forget to subscribe to the podcast one more time wnc original music if you didn't subscribe to it while ago when i said to do it um it's okay that's all right no hard feelings but uh but just you know take care of that now and uh you know this will all be forgotten don't forget to support live and local music wherever you live uh go see bands go buy their merchandise Uh, just drop them a note tell them how much you enjoy their music that's it for now have a good week
2: Obviously, he's going to love his son either way, just slightly less.